Lakers need Jesus. <laughs> Lakers need Jesus. That, that um, will not happen. And beats 25. Like what we're seeing right now, the numbers he's putting up, it's the new era of the NBA. There's never been anything in the NBA quite like Manu Ginobili. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Matt Barnes explains that even Anthony Davis wouldn't be enough to take LeBron's Lakers to the promised land. Matt Barnes, good to have you with us, Matt. So, how much help does LeBron need to not just have a winning season, but to win a championship title next year? Lakers need need Jesus. (laughs) Lakers need Jesus. That that Um, will not happen. You know, I think people will have a, you know, they're really hyped up on the AD situation. AD and LeBron alone, plus the best coach in the world, is not enough in the West. Um, It's going to be a very interesting summer for them. I think they have to clean house uh, and, and, you know, mend a lot of bridges because they really started a wildfire this last trade deadline with all their young players. And I think what they really have to do is be careful because right now it's not looking like an attractive destination to come to in the first place. So they really have to be careful how they play this situation with dangling their young players out this this offseason for trades and stuff. Because mm-hmm. if you end up with these same guys that you tried to burn last season to start this season and you do you pull the same process this summer, it's going to be an even mm-hmm. uglier year. So, um, you know, I'm hoping as a fan that, you know, the, the front office does what they need to do. LeBron pulls some magic, maybe makes some mafia calls and, and makes <laughs> somebody come to the Lakers. But, um, you know, to me... The Clippers look, you know, like a beautiful destination. If it's not yep. so much about the Lakers in LA no more, because all the players live here in the off season now. So it's not so much about being in LA right now. It's about the best fit and winning and having a good time. And mm. if you look next door, they got the best owner in the game, Jerry West. You know, making making moves, and then one of the better coaches in the NBA and mm. Doc Rivers. So the Lakers had a lot of work to do, and they need a lot of help. Mm. Profound, Shannon. But here's the thing: yeah. you say AD is not enough. You're saying that if KD stays in Golden State, KD could leave Golden State. AD is more than enough to represent. That's tough. We get KD up out of Golden State. Now, we might be on to something. <laughs> but I agree with you. Because here's the thing. I still believe you're probably going to have to move some of those guys, yeah. even if you get AD. Right. Even, so matter what, well, even well, if you don't get AD. You have to. No, but I'm saying, even, let's just say for the sake of argument, you don't get AD. If you get Kimba, you still gonna probably to get to get Kimba because I believe Kimba can be what Kyrie was to LeBron, mm. a guy that can get hot and LeBron can rest on offense. He can get his own shot. He can facilitate. You saw him other night against the Spurs. Like gave it, gave it a bit. Yeah. So I mean, he's five eleven. He's little, right? Crossover, right. step back. Five eleven. Guess what? He been five right. eleven all his life. He ain't yeah. growing. <laughs> He ain't going to grow no more. That's as tall as he's going to get. And he's giving them big guys the business in the NBA because he was an all-star. But he has Mm -hmm. to play defense in the West. There's a lot of tough guards out there every night. Yeah. yeah. But they're going to have to play defense on him too now. Very true. But he's going to cook. He's going to get his. Look, I believe they're a superstar away. The days of one guy carrying it alone to the NBA Finals, that's over. The Jordan days are over. We agree. You see what I'm saying? Scotty Pippen, because you remember before he got Scotty, mm-hmm. he was getting swept left and right by by dynasties. You see what he did? Swept. You see? Yeah, you see. It would be a whole other story if LeBron was 
three or four years younger with this Laker team. I believe yep, he could really put him on his right. back yep. and yep. Really, not maybe win a championship, but really make some noise. Yep. But his age times the west of the rest, uh, the, the west of the rest. Mm -hmm. Rest for the West. West, West, West of the West, right. Yeah. We get it. It's a different time. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. and he's a little bit older, so it, it's a lot, it's, he's not going to carry nobody. I tried to tell you earlier in this show, Anthony Davis would not be enough, especially if you have to give up all the kids to get him. Right. Because you do have to trade for him. Yeah. So I told him, there's only one magic move that would save LeBron next year. If we're talking about winning the championship Stop saying next save. Year. I don't like you using that word save. <laughs> if LeBron would like to win a championship, don't use save. Because he don't need saving. There are two players out there who like to go against the grain, who like to shock the world, who like to go against what social media is telling them to do or not to do. KD. And that is KD and Kyrie. Uh -huh. And they might just say on a whim. You never know. It, it, this could be, you know, July 1st, the morning of. They could just say, you know what? Let's go help LeBron win another championship. Let's just go do this. Yeah, instead let's of going go. to cold New York, let's yeah. stay in L.A. Yeah, let's just stay in L.A. <laughs> KD's got two houses here. I don't know if Kyrie's got a house here, but I'm sure he loves He'll it. He'll get one. He can get the one I'm in. <laughs> okay, what about this? Matt, what if we do this? Let's just say for the sake of argument, you say, you know, we say need Jesus, and Jesus say, you know what? LeBron has really lived an exemplary life. I'm going to bless him okay. with this ping pong ball. He needs that. Zion. Oh, okay, oh, Pelicans, this is what we're going to do for you. Mm. We'll give you Zion for AD and True Holiday. Mm. Mm. Okay. I like that. So? And so KD gonna... leaves Golden State. And then you still have your young core? Yeah! I like that. Well, now you're just dreaming. No, 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 no I'm dreaming. I just told you. Wait, you hold on. Jenny said there's yeah. a slim chance I mean, we could get. You're even poking <laughs> Jesus into this, right? Well, LeBron said Matt... he's playing for the basketball guys. Yeah, so right. And Matt something. said they need Jesus, so I just said. <laughs> but you said Jenny read that there's a slight chance they could get the ping pong ball that could land them Zion. Very slim. Okay, I like slim. Hey, and okay. if that happens, the NBA is rigged. No, no, no. You try to play the seed, man. We get we get AD and True Holiday. Yeah. Now we still gonna have to move. We are gonna probably have to move Kuzma uh, Ingram. We have to move. Gonna have to move one of them. You know that. I know that. Whew. And we will keep Javale. Okay, we'll just keep do the hypothetical. Okay. KD, Kyrie, LeBron, and age at age what? Thirty-five. Five. Season number seventeen. Would that be enough? Yes, it would be enough. More than like, enough. On, that's firepower. And plus, it's addition by subtraction because you got KD out of gold. Hey, we took Kyrie out of Boston. Okay. All right. That's fine. And then we got like JaVale. It. Oh, you know, I like JaVale. JaVale playing hard right now. It's going to take two big names, yes. big tight players to, to, to move the needle for the Lakers. Can they do that? We'll, we'll have to see. Mm -hmm. That's your only exit strategy. Not one won't, one, yep. won't, one won't be enough. And you know what Kevin Durant did say a couple months back? It's toxic around LeBron because of those fanboys in the media who overprotect him. And you have to live with that day in and day out. Would, would KD subject himself? He, he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. That doesn't bother him. Yeah, he would do it. Yeah. But would anybody else? Well, Kyrie knows what it's like to play with him because he played with him for three years. So Kyrie understands what it's like to play with LeBron. Playing with him in L.A. is different. This is different. We've talked about LeBron since last summer, every single day on every single show. You know what I mean? So it's a, you're, you're stepping into a different situation in L.A. But that's any what other comes time to, you've played with anybody. But that's the thing. It's LeBron. It ain't the locale. You always, because he's different. He's like a Magic and a Larry. It's championships or it's nothing.
And no other player has ever had to deal with that. When KD was at uh, uh, in Seattle, starting Seattle OKC, it was like five, six years before we started. Oh, they might can win a championship. And James Harden, that was just like last year or two. Well, he might can win a championship. LeBron James, you play alongside him, is he the title or is nothing? That's what it comes along with. And everybody can't handle that. They succumb. That pressure gobbles some of them up. Mm -hmm. Some not, only, of not only with him, but Lakers. I mean, that's a perfect storm. Those yeah. are the two franchises where, I mean, excuse me, LeBron's the chosen one, and the Lakers are a historical franchise sure. where it's yeah. championship or bust. So those coming together, I've never seen in, in my whole life, I've never seen the immediate attention over one season. If you look over their season, their season hasn't been very good, but it's still every single day it's a topic of conversation. And how many, how many players really want to come into a situation like this if you're not going to win? Like one player you're not going to win. Well, so hold do you want to be if, criticized the whole year? If you that guy, if you what you say we are, we should never have to experience this again. If KD is what everybody telling me is, if Kyrie is what they're telling me he is, oh, yeah. we should never experience this again. Okay, no. but let's go you back to reality. Reality is AD, is he built for this? Because remember, he's going to be the fall guy. He's going to be the scapegoat to the goat, oh, no, right? If it doesn't go right, Anthony, where see, are you? You see what you try to do? I see what you try to do. You try to plant the seed. If it don't go, there's no such thing as if. But that's hard to walk we don't. Do. We don't do if. Well, if you only get AD, it's definitely a huge if. We're going to get Kimba, too. Oh, you, you could get, you get AD. Dad, we get AD and Kimba. Gosh, he's so oh, oh, I don't think here. that's enough. I don't. Huh? Hmm. Now, if, if KD stays in... That, CDC, I already told you what KD needed to do. Oh. KD out, bouncing. Get out the West? KD bouncing. Get out of Golden State. KD got the Mayflower already loading up. <laughs> okay. They walking the grand piano as we speak. Really? Okay. Yeah, the then bedroom... I do chances this year, then. Huh? <laughs> up next, Antoine Walker breaks down the most important qualities needed to coach LeBron. What do you want to see him have? You got to have a player's coach for LeBron. Um, I played for well, Eric Spolson was the assistant coach in Miami. I know he's a player's coach. He's a big part of Dwayne Wade's development, Dwayne being the player that he is now. Um, so it was an easy transition for him to be able to relate to LeBron. And then obviously T. Lou. Um, you know the relationship that LeBron had with T. Lou. And, and I just think you cannot get a – I don't think a Rick Carlisle type of coach is what LeBron is looking for. I think he's looking for more of a player's coach where he's going to have a lot of input on what they're running, the offense they're going to be able to run, um, have a little bit more control in the locker room. And I think if you go out and get a big-name coach, that's not um, what LeBron is used to or he can relate to. So I think that, listen, the Rick Carlisle thing's not going to happen, but let's stay here for a minute in regards to what you said. I think you are mostly correct. Where I will disagree is I think there are a select few coaches that aren't what you would call players coaches that LeBron would be 100% cool with. Pop. And Carlisle, Pop, Doc Rivers, guys that are so well-established, champions in their own right, mm -hmm. that they would have the immediate respect and attention of LeBron to be able to say, this is how we should do things. What you can't be is the David Blatt method which is a non-players coach unproven, this is how we're going to do things, because why would I listen to you when you haven't shown me you know what you're doing? The, the NBA is different than the NFL, but my experience has been that, especially when players get older, like later in my career, I was willing to go to St. Louis with Mike March, greatest show on turf. I would have loved to play for someone like Belichick. They weren't New England mm -hmm. then, because of a great coach it, he takes so much pressure off 
a really smart player. There's so many other things that their system accounts for that you don't have to account for. So if you want a player's coach and you have been and you're one of these great players and you have a high basketball IQ or football IQ, there's more work for you. You got more work every day that you have to do around the locker room and things like that. I just believe the way LeBron is right now, if he had the opportunity to coach, I mean, be coached by someone who he thought was special as far as basketball, I think he would be open for that. I don't think they have a whole bunch of options. So a lot of times when you don't have a whole bunch of options, what do you go to? You go to something that's familiar. You trust that more compared to trying something that's totally new. And that's where I believe that Ty Lue falls in that class as far as the Lakers hiring him. I believe he will be the next coach for the Lakers. I mean, hopefully he does. T. Lou's a good friend of mine, so I would love for T. Lou to get that opportunity. I think he's top on the list, but I think you got to put a couple other guys in that short list. I think Jason Kidd is another guy that could possibly get that job. I like Mark Jackson coming out the booth to be possibly one of the guys, too. He's a player's coach, too, as well. But I play for Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is the ideal player's coach. He's mm-hmm. a guy that you can definitely um, relate to. He does very well with players. He done a terrific job with Paul, Ray, and Kevin as far as nursing their bodies and making sure that they were healthy at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So that he would have been like a perfect coach. Rick Carlisle don't know very well to, for me to pose a, a, a real strong opinion on him. Mm-hmm. But I just think... For him to go through the dog, the dog years of Dallas, he's not going to give that up now. Now you got a oh, couple he gets stars. Luka. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I know. He, so I say you got a couple right. players you got now because you got mm-hmm. players. You have a first-class organization. There is no questions about ownership. Do they know what they're doing? No questions about the front office. Like Dallas is a great job. There's oh, I'm signed to. 2023? Right. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. That, and that's the other part of it. The Lakers. That's all guaranteed, too. The, and what the Lakers are going to do when, when they bring up these coaches that are under contract, you know how you get a coach that's under contract? He has to want to go there. The team has to be willing to let him go. But you got to trade something for him. Yeah. That draft pick is spoken for. It's supposed to be included in an Anthony Davis trade, not in a Rick Carlisle mm-hmm. trade. Like, And Mark Cuban is not going to be outbid for his coach. And so I. I would really like to know where the Carlisle rumor came from. I they, I tried to find out yesterday. I couldn't. I got stonewalled at every turn. Like it, because it makes it it, t- it really to me makes as much sense as floating pop out there. Well, people could be could be reaching. I think obviously, I'm a little biased, but I think T. Lou, if you really think about the ingredients that that having LeBron's familiar with him, he mm-hmm. knows how to coach LeBron. He knows how to deal with him on a day to day basis. If you look at when they won the championship, he made some great moves. They're searching to Dante Jones, Richard Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not scared to make big moves come, you know, come playoff time. He's prepared for this moment, and I'm pretty sure he's a better coach now, even after having those years with LeBron. Yeah, you make some great examples of Ty Lue. The adjustments that he made to give an undermanned Cleveland a chance in those games. When the system that he put in with LeBron, too, I have a lot of respect for that because they were not the most talented in most series that they went into absent of LeBron James. Antoine, there's a report out there switching gears just a little bit that the Lakers are concerned about LeBron's injury. Um, moving forward, I mean that, that he about maybe his about his health, but based on the injury and the, the time mm-hmm. that he spent off, how concerned should this team be about LeBron James? I mean, it's year 16, going to 17. You should be very concerned. Um, obviously, his health is very important. You got a you got a three-year window that you're trying to bring a championship back to LA. Um, obviously, right now they're not making the playoffs, so you try to figure out not to play him the rest of the year so you don't want anything to linger into the summer. I think this is going to be the first time where LeBron gets a chance to really work on his body and decide what way he wants to play at. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what type of conditioning he wants to be in. He's got a couple extra months now to, to figure that out. He doesn't have to have to rush his process as far as in the summertime, as far as getting in shape. He gets to take his time, gets his hunger back. Believe me, mm. watching the first round of the playoffs, the second round, he will be sitting there. He, mm. he, he will be upset. This is 13 years this guy's been in the playoffs. This guy's won eight straight finals. He will be upset. He'll be rejuvenized. So I think this will be great for him. I think you have to shut you, – I think shutting him down is not the wrong thing to do. We can't disregard the concern. Guy never been hurt. So we don't know how his body's going to respond to being hurt. We also don't – I think it'll be good all this extra time off. We also don't know how his body's going to respond to an extra two months off that he hasn't had since he's been a gro an adult, basically. Right. I, I think that that reaction is more positive. Like, the, there's only a uh, – people are crazy if they think that that time off is a negative. I think that's a positive. I think thing. it's a positive as well. I just yes. think he doesn't know the most productive way to use mm -hmm. that time. Because he's been – that's the other part of it. Like, he, he has had a method as far as what I do June 20th until right. the beginning of the season. Now that's going to start in two, two weeks from today is when his season ends and maybe earlier. But the other element is people should know. LeBron, since his post-rookie year, the three worst years of his career, first year in Miami, first year back mm -hmm. in Cleveland, first year with the Lakers. Now, maybe this year is the beginning of the decline of LeBron – or maybe it's also that he's never been as good his first year in a new place as he was in the years that followed. Following that, Swin Cash joins the First Things First crew to break down Joel Embiid's monster game against the Nets. What's the most impressive part of Embiid's game? Well, I think it's very impressive because he, he was injured at the All-Star break, the wear and tear. Kind of, um, they gave him a break. He missed eight games there. In those games, they were four and four. So I think in coming back for the stretch drive, and Philadelphia's done a great job. They got a lot of criticism as far as the guys they who they drafted being injured, but how they nursed him back. Because I believe that he's beyond having that injury bug being on him. But there are certain times, regardless of what your your resume is, that you need to be able to give a guy a break. And for a young player like himself to be like, no, I'm not going to force myself to be out there, the organization to be on top of that, and to give him the type of rest that he could finish with the type of force that you need, a big five, they are, they are a rarity for a big man to be able to operate not only inside the paint, but be able to bring you out to the three-point line. I believe he's a breath of fresh air, not only on the court, but off the court. I believe he's going to be the face of the NBA. Because of his personality, because of his overall game, and the surrounding pieces that they've put around him, it seems like the Jimmy Butler, um, the trade is working. Tobias Harris, it's working. So those things collectively, I could say after that eight-game break, how he is going to finish the, the regular season has been very impressive to me. Yeah, and, and Tuan, you know this as much as anybody. In this new NBA, we hear load management. Everybody has load management, whether it's uh, Embiid, whether you're going up to Toronto and, and what they've been doing up there with Kawhi. But for Embiid, I think they've done it right, Chris. I think they have taken their time. They made sure that he gives them maximum effort but lower minutes. And when he comes out and plays, you get dominating for performance like he did tonight. But keep this in mind, guys. His performance, like Embiid's 25. Like what we're seeing right now, the numbers mm -hmm. he's putting up, 
it's the new era of the NBA where the fives can step out. They can shoot the three. They can be down low. But I think he's right. They're going for a championship this year. I remember seeing Elton Brand before the trades happened and just saying, you know, what's going on with the team? What are you guys thinking about? And I knew something was going to happen, but getting Tobias Harris, I think, is that extra piece that can put them in position to get through this East, uh, East I think when you look, I think when you look at last night, is the way they have to play. I think that's more important. I know John B played terrific, but they, the Sixers to win the championship, and I love the fact that he talked about we, we're trying to win a championship, but they got to play inside to out, and you don't see that a lot with yes. a lot of NBA teams. You got to feature him. He's got to be the guy getting 20, 25 shots a night. Then everybody else kind of piece it together. You got a great point guard, I think, in Ben Simmons, but then Jimmy Butler, I think, has finally fit his role. Let me defend. Let me be the guy that takes the shots later in the game. The end of mm-hmm. the game, we all know what J.J. Reddick can do from the three-point line, and then Tobias Harris gives us their stability. But the one thing about the Sixers, I would wish they come out and put one of those guys in the lineup, take them out the lineup early, so you can get that bench better. You have to get that okay. bench a lot better mm-hmm. come playoff time. But they got all the ingredients and pieces. But if they play the way they played last night, everybody getting double-digit shots. But Embiid being the feature, you know, no, no question how far this team can go. Because they got the second-best starting five in the league behind Golden State. Yeah, nice. But do you think they rely on Joel Embiid almost to their detriment? I mean, do you, do you think that this team lives and dies by the way Joel Embiid plays every night? And will that hold them back come the playoffs? Well, I think as an organization, when you have a player like him, you need to establish something. And the foundation of their basketball should be Joel Embiid. And it's just not because he's a seven-footer. It's because of his skill set. I believe he also is a very effective leader. Man, he's very personable. You see him always talking on the court to the other players. So I don't think you can rely on a guy who has a complete game. He's got an intermediate game. He's got a can pull up. You talked about earlier about being able to come out to the three-point line, and we know that he has a devastating inside game. So I don't, I don't think, and if you look at the, the skill set of the other guys around him, what they do, Jimmy Butler, like he is better. First three quarters, being a defender, being a slasher, and then at the end of the game, after you fed Joel Embiid, you've gotten all these fouls on him. On, on the opposition, then you allow Jimmy Butler to be able to close them out. So, no, Jenna, I, I believe that everything starts and ends with Joel Embiid, and I believe that was part of their struggle earlier, trying to find identity, what we're going to do. Let's pump it into the paint, allow the big man to go to work. That's the way the NBA used yeah. to be. Man, we're going to give it to the big man, let him work, and then everyone else get theirs off of that. Well, he's a star player, so you have to go through him first. And I think that's rightfully so. He had six assists last night. Four of those assists were to Ben Simmons because they have guys that are used to playing without the ball. Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, they don't need the ball in their hand consistently to be able to produce. And so Embiid is a really good passer to be a big man, and that's what's happening. Even at Golden State, you see Boogie Cousins, a great guy with big hands. Draymond Green, another big that has great hands. That's where the NBA is right now. Now, and Embiid has all the tools that you have to go through him, and then you feed the other guys off that. And they're good enough, too, just to add to that, is that we know they're probably not going to finish with the first or second seed. But mm-hmm. being at the third seed, it's, it's a good spot for them. they got a good home crowd, have some home court advantage. They're going to play great in Philly. But you got to add I'm worried about – the only thing I worry about them is Brent Brown making the proper adjustments that's needed mm. throughout the playoffs. We saw some mistakes last year in the playoffs. Yes. Making the right adjustments to, to, make sure, to make sure that they don't – 
beat themselves because they're talented enough to go as far as they want to go in the Eastern Conference. So that's an interesting point. What I, I was going to ask you, Swin, if they if they don't make it to the end of the Eastern Conference, what will be the reason why? I mean, what will you point to and say, well, that's where their demise was with this team that that Antoine you think is the best team in the East? I think Antoine made a good point. I think right now, I think the organization, the ownership, has went all in on this team. This team will not be the same team next year. I I, it, I would be this starting five. If this starting five is the same starting five next year, they're going to have to sign some guys. I don't know if Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris will both be there. Mm -hmm. But I will say this. If they beat themselves and then also the bench, uh, I like I like Boban to be on their bench. I think he's going to add some size on the inside, and that trade with Tobias Harris is going to be good for them. But then you're going to need other guys. You're going to need Scott uh, to come out. You're going to need also Johnson. Those guys to not only defend, but to make open shots. Because if I'm scheming in a seven-game series, I'm going to take some things away. Who are the other guys that are going to step up, be role players to have those moments? Well, we, we, I'm just saying, we talk about, and you bring this up all the time, Ben Simmons has to be one of those others, mm -hmm. other guys. But he talks about his limitations all the time shooting. How, how much are they going to need a little bit more from Ben Simmons in that regard? Well, I think he has to play smart. He has some deficiencies shooting the basketball, so mm -hmm. we know they know that they're going to have to put him in position where he can be effective. That may be him posting up a little bit more, playing off his skill set, which is a guy that can slash, cut to the basket, finish around the basket. But I'm not worried about Ben. I think last year taught him a lot, um, mm -hmm. understanding that they're going to sag. He's going to be the one, the weak link on the offensive end. But they also can go small, too, and play another guy. You know, obviously, Ben Simmons is your all-star, but they have some other pieces now. She talked about the bench. You can bring in a T.J. McCullough, a guy who can make some mm -hmm. shots, who can stress the defense a little bit. So they, they have all the ingredients there uh, to, to be a great team. It's going to be up to them. They're going to beat themselves. And just to add to that, it, I think it is championship or bust, or this roster yeah. changes immediately in the offseason. You know, Jenna, you make a great point. If you're talking about Philadelphia, why might they not get there? Why aren't they Eastern Conference champions? There's a couple of things. Ben Simmons. Simmons, out of 505 shots this season, only 13 outside the painted area that he's been able to make. So in the playoffs, we saw last year, people sagging off of him, sagging off him. I believe it's very important, too, for Brett Brown to be able to get them in set, especially early in the game. Don't try to run a half-court offense. Get him going with pace because it's easier before the defense sets up that he can get a better look than in a half-court defense. And on the defensive side of things, we know Philadelphia is a suffocating defense. But how, how can they hide J.J. Reddick? Because teams try to find him out, try to find that matchup in there. We know he's a knockdown shooter, but a deficiency on the defensive side. So Ben Simmons shooting the basketball, shooting it from any type of distance, or, or how's he going to generate offense before he gets impatient? And J.J. Reddick trying to hide him on the defensive Just side. Just so I'm clear, we have to hide J.J. Reddick on defense <laughs> and hide Ben Simmons on offense. That's my kids would be amazing at putting this 76ers. If this is about hide and seek, call my kids. They'll put this Yeah, they might be together. professional, but they got deficient. Finally, Skip reflects on Manu Ginobili's illustrious career with the Spurs. Where does Ginobili rank all-time? He is easily all-time top 30. And in winning impact, I can make a very strong case he's all-time top 10 hmm. because there's never been anything in the NBA quite like Manu Ginobili. And I want to take this moment to say what people were tweeting with the hashtag last night, gracias Manu. Mm -hmm. I stayed up, so did Ernestine, because she became a big Manu fan because of me, to watch the entire retirement ceremony. It didn't end until an hour and a half after the game, and I'd never seen anything quite like it because usually those take place pregame or at halftime, and right. they last for what, 10 minutes? Yeah. 10 minutes. Because that's all you got. Right. And maybe that's all it deserved, except for this guy. I liked it. 
It went on and on and on. And I must admit, I, I got tears in my eyes because every spur of magnitude and note showed up. Duncan showed up, and he doesn't come out in public very much. Tony Parker was there. David Robinson's always there. But With that Frederick Douglass haircut, he shouldn't come out. Mm. You can make that case, but he did because he <laughs> knows how much this guy yeah. meant. And the reason I stayed up is because I felt like I owed it to a guy who gave me so much joy watching him because every night I watched this guy, he did something I'd never seen before. And, again, with Tim Duncan there and Tony Parker there, Greg Popovich made a statement right in front of them. They were five feet from him. And if we could hear what Greg Popovich concluded his remarks with, this was powerful. He said that right in Tim Duncan's face. And Tim Duncan is known as obviously the greatest spurrer. Known as he is. But the driving force was Manu Ginobili. And Pop also made another strong statement that he's made before. But he said, even though Manu wasn't quite as, he used the word quite, quite as talented as Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, in, in winning drive, in intangibles, in competitive will, he said he was right there with Jordan and Kobe and Magic and Bird. And Greg Popovich doesn't make those statements loosely, recklessly. He meant it. And all I know is that of the 132 players in the history of the NBA who have played at least 1,000 games, Ginobili has the highest winning percentage of 72%. Name them all, all the greats. The guy who won the highest percentage of games over his whole span of his career, Manu, was 72%. He won a EuroLeague title before he even came to the States. He led Argentina to a gold medal That's in 2004. Well, you can make a case because... That Argentine team beat our team 89 to 81. And our team had LeBron James and Allen Iverson and Dwayne Wade and Carmelo and Amari. And that guy, Tim Duncan, was on our our side that day. And when... The, the two teams played again in 08. Dwayne Wade was on that team, and he, uh, they had some uh, video from him last night, and he said he got a scouting report on Argentina. And he looked down on Ginobili's scouting report, and it said that Manu Ginobili was the second-best two-guard in the National Basketball Association. This is an Olympic scouting report. And Dwayne said, I was hot. Hmm. And then he said, I sat back, and I thought, yeah, to, to Kobe, obviously. Sure. He, he said, yeah, he's right. That, that's right. And, and I got to push myself to show him that I'm better than he is. And Dwayne said that, that Manu pushed him as hard as anybody wow. ever pushed him. And Popovich then made the point that the key to the championship run with Ginobili, they'd won one before him in that strike-shortened year in 99 with David Robinson and Tim mm-hmm. Duncan. Mm-hmm. But the key was that Manu Ginobili had the humility to finally grudgingly agree with Popovich, you come off the bench. Because if you'll come off the bench, we will devastate people in the middle of the first quarter when they're starting to get tired with you coming fresh. Right. And he said it was the essence of how they won four championships is that he did that. And now coming off the bench, quote unquote, 
He's going to be a slam dunk. I don't even know if they have first ballots, but but you know he he is a yeah, shoe but, in Hall of yeah, Fame. Yeah, because they they start they can start counting towards the Hall of Fame when you start mm. dribbling the basketball. Mm. It's just not the NBA. Okay. You know that, Skip. It's international play. So come. who brought the Euro step to America? That guy did. Manu Ginobili. That hammer pass that LeBron takes credit for. Ginobili invented it. It's the one where you throw it from corner to corner all the way up the baseline. Ginobili brought it here because as Tim Duncan concluded his remarks, genius. He just turned to him and he said, genius. He was basketball genius. No one has ever played harder on a nightly basis, a dribble-to-dribble basis, than Manu Ginobili. Nobody's played with more creative flair and fire than Manu Ginobili. And again, I just want to take this opportunity to thank him for the nights that, that he gave me where I just sat back and said, man, I've never seen that before. No. Thank you, Shannon. I have. Yeah. And not only is he not yeah. top 30, mm. he's not top 50. Yeah. He's not a top five two guard currently. Mm. Jordan, Kobe, D. Wade, James Harden, and Jerry West all going to go down better than Manu Ginobili. Mm. And if I was Tim Duncan, when Greg Popovich say, without Manu, this wouldn't happen, I'd have stood up and said, did you remember 99? Because <laughs> it happened. And guess who was the finals MVP? That would be me. Mm. That would be me, Pop, but I, you know what? This is Manu's time. I'm not going to show out because I'm mm. here. You know, I don't normally come out and let y'all see me. I, you see my duds. I got my jeans on. But, Skip, you need to stop this. I get it. He, he was a great cog, but this is all about Pop. This is all about Tim Duncan. Mm. He's, not, he's not even the second greatest player mm. on that team. I mean, the second greatest player in the Spurs organization. That would be one Admiral David Robinson. Mm. And... Is he better than Tony Parker? I, okay, you you want to say he's better than Tony? Tony did win a Finals MVP. Mm. Are we gonna count that? That means something, right? What about old old? You know the guy you this many? He wore this number jersey. Mm. Two-time Defensive Player of the Year, Finals mm. MVP, twice All NBA Player. Quit, so, quit on the spot. No, 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 skip. This is not your turn. See, I told you. Can I get some water now? I let you drink from the fountain. I didn't interrupt you. I didn't shove you out the way. So can I have my drink at the water fountain? Yeah, but I'm going to have one more drink. Oh, okay, good. After you. you can have that. Yeah. So if I just do that right mm-hmm. there, he's what, fifth? Now, mm-hmm. I didn't even bring up Iceman. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring up George Gervin. Loved him. Oh, I, Loved so I ain't going to bring him up. Skip. He made me a Spurs fan. We need to stop this. I'm not kidding. He had a, he, he won championship. But when I look at historically great players, they transcend uh, – systems. Mm. I look at Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan could have gone anywhere. He didn't need Pop to be Timmy Duncan. It definitely helps because it gave him structure. He was there for such a long time, and he let Timmy be Timmy. Mm-hmm. And, and Tim Duncan might be the most unselfish because he was willing to be coached, and he was willing to be coached hard. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure these superstars of today's time, Skip, can take that kind of coaching. Especially as a rookie, I, I know they're not trying to take it now. Mm. But he got Tim. He got Tim Young, and Tim was willing to like, okay, mm. I'll take that. Mm. But this this infatuation, Skip, he was skilled. He was very unorthodox. He would, I give you this, he was willing to take big shots, and he could make big shots in big moments. He was as good as we had for a time in the league. But you need to stop this. This. This fascination, this fantasizing about making Manu Ginobili better than what he was. He's a very good player on a great team in a great organization. But you need to stop this. Mm. We're a top 30 player because I could, if you just, you know, 
I could just just rattle off 30 guys on top of my head. You're like, nope, he ain't better than Bird, Magic, mm-hmm. Kareem, Will, Russell, yada, KD, LeBron. Yeah, I could do all that, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna let you have your moment. But I'm just, mm. I'm just gonna do this for you, Skip. He's not top 50, mm. but it was a great moment. I saw a little bit of it, but that was all I needed to see of that. Mm-hmm. Not going to take anything away from his moment. He was an unbelievable player. Mm-hmm. But you need to stop this fascination mm. talking about he's a top 30 because he's not top 50. Mm. I got to tell you, everything you just said were the most naive things that ever came out of your mouth. They're disrespectful to the point of being reprehensible because you have no idea what you're talking about on this one Mm -hmm. because you've admitted on this show that they're like broccoli to you. You never watch the Spurs. I just said Tim Duncan is Mm -hmm. the greatest power forward to ever live. He's a top – he can easily – if you do it, he might be a top 10 player. That has nothing to do with it. But it's your fascination to talk about he's a top 30 player? It's it's not my fascination. It's everybody's fascination. No, it's not. You, you should have watched it last night. They had a video montage of players around the league, starting with Dwayne Wade. Everybody talked about him. Magic Johnson talks about him. Everybody talked can about you, him. Can you because imagine? Because they'd never what? seen anything quite like Skip. it. He changed the way what? the game was played. If you don't mind me asking, Skip, when someone gives you a tribute, can you imagine someone being in a tribute saying something bad about a person? No, but you can imagine that they, they stop short of saying there'd be, there'd be no championships without you. Whew. If I'm Tim Duncan, I'm like, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they say that. They say there'd be no championships without Gronk, mm-hmm. even though they won a championship against the Atlanta Falcons without Gronk. They say there'd be no championships without Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp got hurt in Super Bowl 33, and mm-hmm. it did just fine. I know how this works. You heat praise. It's your moment. No, it's not. My it's moment. your moment. It's his moment. It, uh, that, and he had so many moments. You have no idea. I have. There was all one the night ideas. they were playing in Oklahoma City in Game Six in 2014. This took down your your LeBron heat again. I get all this. It was 2014. It's game six at Oklahoma City. They're not as good as Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. And at the end of regulation, they look cooked to me. And all of a sudden, he steps back at the top of the circle and just rips a three to tie it and send it to overtime. And Kevin and Russ came apart in overtime. And the Spurs took over, and you know the rest of the story. Was they went ever- on to beat LeBron by a record finals yes, margin. Yeah, oh, no, no, see, you see what he did there? Hmm. The Spurs went and beat LeBron. Not the Spurs beat, beat, beat the Heat, but the hmm. Spurs beat LeBron. But that's neither here nor there. Well, but let me ask the you best this. player on the Heat? But let me ask you a question. Was he ever the best player on the team? Yes. When? He was the most valuable player. No, 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 when? Every time. When? Hey, every year. Every he was year. better than Duncan. As soon as he walked in the door. He yes, was better he was. than Duncan. Yes. Stop it. Skip, stop. No, stop playing. He no, he was. was not ever better you, than you Duncan. Do, you, you don't get it. I get Tim, it. Tim wasn't the leader of the team. This guy was. I didn't say leader. I said best player. A lot of times the best player is not the leader. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So it transitioned from best player on that team from Tim Duncan automatically to Kawhi. Mm. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. You you don't win without this this spirit, the shot making, the clutchness. It's just like the guy who puts you over the top is that guy. I give you a prime example. Mm-hmm. The Lakers don't win titles without Robert Ory. The Rockets don't win titles without Robert Ory. The Spurs don't win titles without Robert Ory. Mm-hmm. Robert Ory was not the best player on the team. No. Just because you can't win without him doesn't make you the best. Mm-hmm. Nope, you don't I'm get giving it. him credit, Skip. He's no. a good player. But he's not all-time trans-historically great. Yes, he was. Yes, no, all he's not. Transcendent. No, he's not. Stop well, it. You just admit it. He, he took Argentina to the gold medal? Go back and look at the EuroLeague title he won. It's like impossible what he did. Skip, I get that. Skip, I get that. That's what I said. I believe that's his crowning achievement moment. That's bigger 
because you know international play for basketball overseas mm. is bigger yeah. than it's yeah. bigger than an NBA title. He's a guy. He didn't have to win any titles in the NBA by bringing Argentina a gold medal, something they're probably never going to do again unless it's in football, yeah. soccer. He's the only he, non-American yeah. who's won four NBA titles and Olympic gold. In Argentina, he's on a pedestal next to Diego Maradona. Yes. And that's not because of no titles. That's because of the Olympic gold medal in basketball. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Give him that credit. I'm going to give him that, Skip. Mm. But you need to stop this. You get the last word, Skip, on your guy. <sighs> Thank you, Manu. All right. There That's all go. I got. Thank you. That's all I need. Because the, the no, those who know, know. No. Thank you, Timmy. The ceremony Thank was you, really Timmy Duncan. Thank you, Big Fundamental. Thank him, too. Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.